Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Beautiful word of God. And uh, this, this, uh, this Sunday, um, Pastor Damaris is going to be bringing the word. And I know that God has been speaking over her life. And, and so I'm going to... Without any further ado, I'm not going to waste any more time. Pastor Maris, it's all yours. Thank you. Amen. I'm hot and out of breath. Man, that worship was, woo! Yes, yes. Thank you for that worship team. I am excited to be here this morning. I know that this is a word for... Some of you, and not, not all of you, spoke to me first. I know we always say that, and our promise is true. When God gives you a word, he speaks to your heart first, and then you're able to give it to the congregation. I have entitled my message this morning, Make Room. And I actually asked uh, Claudia if she could sing that song, because I knew this was the title of my message. And why make room? I believe that we're in a season when we need to make room for what the Lord is trying to do in this church and in our hearts. But there's got to be some things that we need to get rid of first to make room for what he has for you. So I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Judges 6. And I'm going to read a little bit. I know my husband apologized for doing a lot of reading last week. And he shared a message that a couple of people sent him. And he said, don't ever apologize for reading the word of God. That's what we're here for. So that gave me the excuse to, I'm going to do a little bit of reading, but it's going to be different verses throughout Judges 6. I'm not reading the whole 39 verses, 40 actually. But we're going to jump And before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for giving me the privilege and the honor to be before your people this morning. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this church, for what you're doing in our community, for what you're doing in our homes, and for what you're doing in us. I ask, my God, that this word may speak to the congregation this morning. Father, I ask that you, Holy Spirit, may take over. It is all of you and none of me. So I ask you to take control and open the minds and open the hearts of your people this morning to receive what you gave me and what you spoke to me in order for them to receive, Father, from you. I worship you. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Judges 6, verse 1. And it says that Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. We're skipping to 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abiesrite, where his son Gideon was stretching wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? 
But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah flowered he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out of out and offered them to him under the oak. Let's jump to 24. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abyssalites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altars Baal, to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Jumping to 34, then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet summoning the Abyssalites to follow him. I know that was a little bit of reading, but let me give you the background story of where Gideon is here and where the Israelites are at. After they had been delivered and taken out of Egypt by Moses, the Israelites find themselves in a vicious cycle, falling back into their old ways, going back to worshiping the false idols, going back to their idols. They will cry to the Lord and the Lord will rescue them and deliver them. And then they will fall right back into it. They will cry to the Lord and the Lord will deliver them and they will fall right back into it. And so Gideon finds himself in this story, hiding from the Midianites. We read in verse 1 that he gave them into the hands of the Midianites for seven years. Now, the Israelites, God's people, now are hiding in caves, scared because of the Midianites. The Midianites would let go their, uh, their horses and they would destroy all their crops. So now they're hiding in caves and their crops were ruined. Now we see Gideon being introduced in verse 1 as, uh, sorry, in verse 12 as a mighty warrior. But see, God had to take Gideon through a process first. And that's what we're going to talk about today. When we are called, there is a preparation process that we need to go through first. First you are called. And let's see what Gideon's response was. It was doubt. 
If the Lord is with us, he said, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? So Gideon had never experienced the wonders of the Lord. He had only heard about the wonders of the Lord. I can find myself confident saying that I have heard of revivals, that I have heard of physical healings, but I'm yet to see one. And that's sad because we should be seeing that. And I know that God is taking us through a process right now, and I know that we're going to begin to see that. But this is where Gideon is at. He had only heard about the wonders of God. Sometimes your calling would come as you're walking through a dark season, as they were. Let me tell you, never diminish the season God has you in because he is shaping you even if you don't see it. The angel of the Lord tells Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon was paying the consequences of his ancestors' choices and his ancestors' behaviors. And I know that some of us can relate because you may be paying the consequences of your ancestors' choices. But just as Gideon was chosen to bring forth deliverance from the Midianite suppression, can I tell you that God has chosen you to break generational curses that may be in your family? You are chosen and you are here for a reason. The Lord told Gideon in verse 14, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Was that not enough? Am I not sending you? It caught my attention that the Lord said, the strength you have. And as I was reading, the Lord told me to tell someone this morning that you need to continue moving with the strength that you still have. Because he is with you. Because you are not meant to die in the season that you were in. Because the Lord is with you. I could identify with Gideon's response in verse 15 when he says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest. Not only that, I'm the least in my family. Isn't it crazy how God sees us? It's completely different of how sometimes we see ourselves. Two totally opposites. Gideon said, I am the weakest and the least. My clan is the weakest and I am the least. And the Lord says, mighty warrior. The Lord once again reminds him, I will be with you. And you will strike down the Midianites leaving none alive. Not one, none alive. So we see at this point that it was an ongoing conversation between Gideon and the angel of the Lord. See, when we receive our calling... And your first set of instruction is given. It doesn't stop there. Sometimes I feel as if God reveals a little bit at a time on purpose. Kind of like, Evie, how bad do you want it? Just a little bit at a time. And he only gives us the next set of instructions as we seek him. As we seek his presence. And it becomes an outgoing conversation. And not only a conversation. But a relationship past your initial calling. How do we receive instructions? You may ask. Prayer. <laughs> 
prayer, prayer and more prayer. That's how you open the line of communication with God. Why is it that sometimes we find it so hard to seek the face of God? Why? Saturday prayer, we have 10, 12 people. When it's open for the whole church, let me tell you, first Saturday of the month, 7 o'clock, prayer. We're all here. But then we're spending hours on our cell phone. We're spending hours watching TV, youth playing video games, TikTok. I don't know. Fill in your blank. But it's so hard to go in prayer and seek the face of God. If we are to model the life of Jesus, wasn't he always going away to talk to his father? So why is it so hard for us to do that? It's in that intimate time that he reveals himself to us. Not only himself to us, but he reveals his will for your life. He reveals his plans for your life. And even the ugly that needs to be removed. After you are called, it has to be a sacrifice. Verse 18 says, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. Following the initial calling, Gideon knew an offering and a sacrifice was to follow. Following your response to God and your response to God's calling over your life has to follow a sacrifice. I'm not talking only just about ministry or a calling to ministry, but just the invitation that he gave you to accept him as your Lord and Savior. It has to be a process. And if you haven't accepted him yet, he's inviting you this morning. Isn't he awesome? He's inviting you this morning. Gideon went and prepared a sacrifice. And we see in verse 24 that he built an altar to the Lord there. Next step, let go of your idols. Verse 25 and 26. The same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, and tear down your father's altars to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside him. And this is when, the God, when God, the Lord, spoke to me. When it says, Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as burnt offering. After Gideon had presented his offering to God, the next command God gave him was to destroy the altar his father built to Baal and build an altar to God in the same place that the altars to Baal were built. Church, it is time to tear down some idols. It is time to cut down some idols and build a proper kind of altar. The kind of altar that is not shared with anyone or anything. The kind of altar that only belongs to God and is not shared with anything or anyone else. 
This is a private victory that we need to experience before our calling can become public. God must be the Lord of your private life before, before he can use us publicly. Gideon tore down Baal's altar at night. You know what? That tells you that this is a private victory. Many people who have received great callings from God have not been able to fulfill their purpose because they have not dealt with the idols they have in their private life. If you continue reading, you see that Gideon received backlash from the people after he tore down, down Baal's altar. Letting go of your idols, listen to me. Letting go of your idols will always lead to backlash from those around you. Some will feel threatened. Some will feel judged by the decision that you have made. And they will even persecute you. And then the comments follow. Well, you think you're better than me now? You think you're holy now? How come you don't want to go to the club anymore? How come you don't want to have a drink with me anymore after work? All those little things begin to follow. Why don't you listen to the music we used to listen to? Why don't we go to the places we used to go to? Backlash will follow your obedience to God. Nevertheless, can I tell you that you must make up your mind to stay the course and trust God to deal with the consequences of your obedience to God. You must make up your mind, stay the course and trust God. God will do the consequences of your obedience to God. My word is not long and I am not done, but I do want to call the worship team up. Because the Lord wants to deal with some of us at the altar. Verse 34 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Church, you must be filled with the Spirit. When I was preparing, God took me through a journey. And I'm not going to lie. I even text Pastor Ryan. I was wondering if God was trying to change my message. Because he had me reading First and Second Samuel. And he's had me stuck there for almost a year. When the word he had given me was in Judges and was with Gideon. You want to know what God was trying to show me? And side note, the word of God says that it is alive. And can I tell you that sometimes when you open this book, you read things and things will be revealed to you that you've never seen before. And God will speak to you in ways that he's never spoken to you before. All you got to do is open this precious little book and I promise you he's going to begin speaking to you. Let me show you what I mean. You cannot step into your assignment without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you that one more time? You cannot step into your assignment without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to go to Numbers 27, 18. Oh, if, Daniel, can you put it up here for me, please? So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun.'" 
a man in whom is the spirit of leadership and lay your hand in him I'm going to take you through three different scriptures 1 Samuel 10 9 and 10 as Saul turned to leave Samuel God changed Saul's heart and all these signs were fulfilled that day and when he and his servant arrived at Gibeah a procession of prophets met him the spirit of God came powerfully upon him and he joined them in prophesying the spirit of God came upon Saul when he was chosen 1 Samuel 16 13 so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David Saul David and Gideon have three things in common they were filled with the spirit when they were called and when they were assigned and they experience opposition from those around them. When Saul came back, the people said, Saul, how can he save us? David, before killing Goliath, his own brother <laughs> asked him, why are you here? What are you doing here? You don't belong here. And Gideon, they wanted to kill him for tearing down the altar of Baal. Opposition comes with the assignment. If you didn't keep anything else I said, please remember this. There is a process we need to go through like Gideon did. Gideon was called. Gideon had to offer a sacrifice Gideon had to tear down some idols and Gideon had to be filled with the spirit one didn't come before the other one it was a process and there was an order what sacrifice you may ask Romans 12 1 says therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. I know this word came from the Lord and it spoke to me first. God has been taking me through a process in 2021 because I had idols I didn't even know I had. But he had to reveal them to me in that secret place in that intimacy with God. Church, it is time to tear them some idols and make room for him. It is time for us to build that proper kind of altar to the Lord. God said it in his commandments to his people, you shall have no other gods before me. Two, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything. And the Lord is saying, I chose you, I called you, but I am waiting for you to surrender everything to me. 
It's time to tear down the idols that have been taking the place that belongs to God. What is it? What is it? What comes before God? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your children? Is it your job? Is it your cell phone? Is it your TV? What is it? Anything that is taking the place that belongs to God, it's an idol. And in order for us to move into the next phase of what God wants to do in this place and in each of us, it is time to tear down some idols, church. It is time to tear down some idols and not just tear them down, but it's time for you to place God on top of those idols. It is time for you to surrender everything to God. You can't be playing church anymore and just come every week expecting your weekly fill. That is not what this is about. This is about being filled with the Spirit. How are we going to be moved, led, and empowered if we only come once a week or on Wednesdays when we have class? This is something that happens in your private time. This victory is going to happen in your private and in your intimate time. My victory didn't come here at the altar. My victory didn't come in front of you guys. My victory came in my secret place. When I surrender everything to God and I say God revealed what needs to be removed. Reveal the ugly in me that needs to be removed. And the Lord did it. And I am standing here telling you that he wants to do that for you too. Can I ask you to stand this morning? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. And as you come, because it's not if there is someone. No, as you come, if you want to share that, with them feel free but you come in agreement with the prayer they're just here to to pray in agreement with you they're not here to do the talking for you or to pray for you because God wants to hear from you they're going to come in agreement and if you just want to worship then you can come to the sites but church let's make room Let's make room. Let's make room. Let's make room. Let's make room. Pastor Maritza was preaching for the Spanish service that the veil has been torn. We no longer have to go to anyone to offer the sacrifice for us. We no longer have to go confess our sins to anyone. We can come before the presence of God and present our sacrifice and present our offering because that's why Jesus was sent. You know why? Because it was too much going back and forth and falling back into the same mold. You cry out to me and I rescue you and you fall back into it. You cry out to me and you fall back into it. So then the Lord said, you know what? It is time to once and for all. That's it. Cancel all. And I'm going to send my son to die for their sins. Let's make room. I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to come. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.